This is Boat Crew RPG with Brzingerman. All right. After getting in through the airport, I'm betting that everyone has figured on some local motel to get for the duration, maybe even decided to rent a car. I don't know. Did you guys decide to rent a car? Yeah, we're not going to be walking in in desert. <clears throat> oh, it's not low desert there. It's high desert. It's not as hot, but it is pretty scrub wilderness, a lot of it. Grasses, tiny shrubs. Scorpions. Only a little. Reno's not anywhere near as bad of that kind of stuff as Vegas. It's over 10 hours by car away. Opposite ends of the state. But it is still a bit of unforgiving wilderness around it. So you guys are able to set yourself up and you know where the recording studio is thanks to Anne's research. Thank you, Anne. Are you going to head over there? Going to the next, once you've settled yourselves in a bit, going to try and contact someone from the studio? Going to do any other kinds of research? You do have your two questions left. What's everyone's next move? So I'm thinking we can either we can do one of two things. Either we do some reconnaissance, or we're just gonna be bold and try to get a tour of the studio. And depending on what we decide that is our next step, I may have the name of the right person um, that we can name drop to get there. That's fair. Maddie, Aurelia, between the two options Anne's outlined, what do you prefer? Recon or boldly head in on some pretext? Maddie's not taking point on this. She's not very comfortable with this entire mission. So she's going to be very quiet and she's going to leave it to Aurelia to kind of take lead on this. Like She's just going to do what she's told. Aurelia, with great power comes great chances of making things go crazy. How do you plan on making things go crazy? Well, I'm thinking we have to boldly move in, (laughs) act like we own the place. That's awesome. Are you going to boldly go in like your actors who own the place or like your your behind-the-scenes crew, those easily forgettable grips and gaffers and sound managers and stuff like that? I mean, we're crew. Uh, I, I would say I'm like uh, a director, possibly. Not sure what the other two are doing. Um, but I think like actors uh, and actresses, they're like too well-known and too recognizable. And probably they don't work here full-time, but like they're invited over or something like that. Well, to be fair, given the industry, it's safe to say that everyone knows each other on multiple levels. At least within the crew. So yeah, I would say that it's definitely safe to go in at, at the behind-the-scenes people. Directors, you're not guaranteed to be able to fake your way at, and that I'm going to require a role. But given your lower social difficulty for everything else, if you're just saying that you're camera folk or sound folk or even trying to decide to tell Maddie she's a fluffer today and hope she doesn't understand what you're saying until it's too late. I was totally going to put that at the chat. We're going to hit up the fluffers. <laughs> I, I didn't know the name for it, but uh, it was crossing my mind earlier. <laughs> but yeah, the, I don't those know. Are we do makeup. 
we do makeup and lighting and lighting is like extremely important so <laughs> and aurelia knows lighting have maddie hold the what is it called the the sound mic that they're basically like on the bed hovering over holding the, boom. the thing the, the boom, boom the there boom. we go i think Anne the fella has figured out during her research that though sex is not really her thing um, the mechanics that sometimes come with the more heavy scenes, so to say, so more towards the BDSM side of things, there's just a lot of hardware involved. And that is something that she knows. So that's going to be her in. Awesome. Sa- okay. Like either safety manager uh, or uh, just hardware, hardware manager. All right. So each of you, I think... This will be an easy difficulty five social role to get in. We're pretty much saying, because all of you got to be a little bit sneaky on this, you're probably going to be going manipulation based. But it, I want you to tell me what skill you're going to run with on top of that. Are you going like manipulation subreviews to just lie your way flat in or, you know, trying to pull the leadership angle of I really know what's going on. Don't question me. I've got too much to work to do. Uh, and you're in my top left corner, so you're going first. And I'm just going to go in the order of my screen because that's how it is. Yeah, for me, it's going to definitely be mani- words. manipulation and subterfuge. Um, because leadership, no. <laughs> All right, succeed on a five and you're in. Don't and we'll have fun complications. You said difficulty five, right? Yep. Four successes, so I'm in. You are 100% percent convincing them that you are with the props people you know what you're talking about you know how to work with setting and props and they're just like what how do we get someone who's this knowledgeable here i thought we were working with cardboard level again you are definitely in all right aurelia what are you doing to convince everyone that you're part of the scene you're the only one who charisma actually might genuinely make sense on this because of the fact that your specialty is bold yeah, that's what I was going to ask, whether I can use charisma, but um, like in terms of talents, about the only thing I have is subterfuge. Or I could... You could honestly mm. ever leverage your streetwise in, knowing how to talk to people right on the download casual. Okay, so charisma and streetwise to just fit in and to know like who to talk to and yeah. how to make conversation. And because you're bold, you get to reroll your tens. Okay, that sounds good. Difficulty five. Uh, then I also have four successes. That is awesome. You fit in perfectly, like a glove, like something else. Who knows? Maddie. 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 What are you doing? Uh, are you did, they, did Aurelia give her any sort of prep work as to what she could say? I mean, Maddie doesn't know anything about the porn industry. So what would have Aurelia said to her? about her goal in getting in? Like I imagine we're dividing and conquering. So what did Aurelia tell Maddie should be her aim? I don't know what p- would befit Maddie that like makes her not completely awkward. <laughs> Microphone tech wasn't the worst suggestion earlier. Yeah, you would have to sell it to her somehow. Like, oh, you would just have to hold this thing. It's really not a big deal. You would have to basically con her into thinking you were giving her a super easy job, which I'm pretty sure Aurelia is used to doing with Maddie. Um just yep. since she knows nothing about the industry, it's not like you would have to really hard con her or anything. Just 
tell her a job that you think would get her in and that she would be apt at doing. And of course, you know, Maddie doesn't want to be anywhere near the action. So what would Aurelia suggest that she do? Um, maybe something along the lines of like interior design, like also setting up lights, but uh, setting up like furniture. Well, I could also put out one more suggestion, even though I possibly don't need to. Maddie, you got a lot of dots in medicine. You could literally be the first aid, a first aid safety person there. Or you could just go with the ultra basic of, I'm bringing all the coffee for everybody. You could even go for set dressing, because yeah. background and decor is definitely a thing. I think that Maddie's like really conservative enough that she can put two and two together, that if she goes in as like the first aid person... Um, a, she's going to be very far from the action. And I mean, she who gets hurt during a natural act? So she'd never have to see anyone, but it gets her in. So I think her in is going to be um, manipulation and medicine. And you said that was a uh, difficulty five? Difficulty is five. Okay. <laughs> the application did not respond. <laughs> the dice roller does not want to roll. Yeah, that one's for me too. I thought it was just my bad luck. I've I given mean, up on it. It checks. It checks out with poor Maddie <laughs> that it would break. I'm gonna just use an online dice roller because that's ridiculous. That's fine. I mean, I've been seeing everyone else has just decided. Screw it. My desk is good. I have these little shapes for a reason. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Okay, so for her that would be six. Okay. Difficulty five, I get four successes. That's awesome. All of you have got four successes on this. It's like preparing magic in advance is so powerful. Imagine. All right, you are in. Um, and you get brought over to a, a prop area. They somehow don't bother to check you for a card or ID like you would have expected because Aurelia did a great job getting everyone condensing. Same with you, Aurelia. You've been brought over to set people on in advance. Maddie, you're actually brought off to the side a bit nearer to the set than you would expect. And it looks like before today's filming, there's a small line of people who are coming by to ask you to check their name off of a long checklist as they bring you back their most recent negative test results. Oh, gosh. Yeah, she's blushing, but being very serious, you know, taking the job seriously, clearing everybody off. And I get, I think she's a little overwhelmed at the amount of people that it takes to do this kind of job. She thought it'd just be a man and another man, and that's it. Well, there's a few men here. There's a few women here. There's apparently more than one filming going on today, because, of course, there is. The sets are a lot smaller than you'd expect them to be in your head but you've probably been imagining hollywood this is instead the smallest room that they can make look not small for each one of these salt sound stages we're all crammed into a hotel room <laughs> it, uh, basically this is a warehouse that hollywood probably would have turned into like three or four sets at least i mean two or three sets at most and they've turned it into six or seven different bedrooms that really look like they're not that small but are that small kind of thing and then apparently it's beside a couple houses a few streets over where they just 
have set up those houses to have different situation rooms, but they're still having everyone check in for the day for their, you know, we are all clear. I'm going to, because of your unique choice, have you make one intelligence and medicine roll. Difficulty on this one is going to be a seven. Okay, difficulty seven. One, two, three, four successes. Oh, wait, I have a one, so three successes. All right, you actually catch someone who is having a herpes flare-up and has to be pulled from the day even though they hadn't noticed it. Congratulations. I, you know, talk to them and I tell them it's okay. It's just a disease. It happens to everyone and there should be no stigma around it. Yeah, you get a bit of a response along the lines of, yeah, I know there's no stigma. I work here. <laughs> a little confusion <laughs> about it. It's like you're going more softer and conciliatory than they expect. But you did your job. Maybe you we'll need to start from Maddie. <laughs> All right. And since, again, you're stuck in the check-in to an extent, I'm going to also have you do a perception and a cultural. What difficulty, please? This is going to be a difficulty eight. You're looking for something relatively subtle, but you have a good dice pool. Okay. Three successes. That's wonderful. I'll put my description second. Yorin, not Anne, Yorin. Would you like to describe how Ziggy looks these days? Oh, Ziggy. Yeah, of course. Um, Ziggy is radiant. That That is the best way to describe them right now, is radiant. Um, as soon as they enter the room, they... they the only attention is drawn to them. Um, they still dress very, very, or they still have a masculine body, but definitely heavy on the eye makeup, heavy that partially is done by the makeup artists, but that's also how they started out heavy on the nail polish. Um, and there is just a sheen about them that is indescribable their hair has grown out quite a bit so it's now quite long and luscious um if anybody knows the person who goes by morningstar on twitter that's how luscious i am thinking and that's how non-binary i am thinking right now so they're wearing leather leather chaps um and actually there's not really much going on because otherwise because it's it's a scene that they're going to play um, and they have dressed to impress, but they didn't really have to put in much effort. There is one more notable thing. One more thing that Maddie in particular picks out. Now, Maddie isn't as affected by this as everyone else's because she literally shut off her body's response to prettiness in advance. But luckily, Maddie still understands how to look for interesting and important things. And Ziggy is wearing a slightly thicker than normal necklace as well that just utterly perfectly complements him in every way imaginable, drawing attention to his muscles on his shoulders and upper body. And it also looks like it has what from one angle looks like a tiny bit of Greek marking on it and another looks like a tiny bit of Norse writing on it. As though the necklace can't make up its mind which of the two it is, or rather, you can see both because you know what you're looking for. 
he just calmly, far too calmly. But Maddie can see a little bit of nerves that are not hidden because she doesn't have any of her normal human drives right now in him. Hands over his card with a clean set of health tests for the day. As she reaches out because she has her suspicions, um, she purposefully grazes her fingers across his hand. And as she does, though, she checks her mood ring to see if it changes colors. Color change activated. She smiles. Also, the necklace shows up under your special new glasses as being oh very goodness. special. I should have actually done a lower difficulty because for a moment I forgot about the special glasses. My bad. Oh, but you did so well on the roll anyway that, yes, you are certain. You are very certain. I'm just such a good witch that I knew without even touching the gadgets. The gadgets are just confirming. Um, so she looks at her ring. She sees that the cobalt blue color now shifts into an almost amber color. And she looks up at Ziggy. She gives him a very polite smile, uh, takes his test results, looks at him and, you know, makes a note down and says, Ziggy, that's an interesting name. Is that just your uh, stage name or your actual birth name? Smiles with what to you is only human charisma and says, I picked it up a long time ago, back in high school. Maddie knows that she's supposed to be flustered. So she kind of does like an exaggerated giggle and she puts her head down as if, you know, she's being totally flustered. And she says, wow, um, it's really cute. <laughs> Looks like you're all good to go, Ziggy. Uh, good luck on set today. Not that I think you'll need it. You get an almost as confident as it should be smile back. And uh, thanks. Good luck. You're new. This is really easy. Everyone's so friendly here. You'd be amazed. I've never worked with people who seem to care about me more. Oh, well, I can't imagine why that is. Everyone does seem very polite so far. And as she looks around, she notices people staring at Ziggy. And then she says, um, yeah, this is my first time on this particular set. But judging on how everyone looks at you, I guess you're a regular here. It was a bit of a small studio before I started. And now we've been growing a lot. They tell me it's partly because of me, but, you know, I I just still can't believe it. I thought I was going to be on the other side of the camera when I started. And, and now she, look she at goes, how life goes. She goes, what, Another, you? A bigger, slightly bigger smile. She says, what, you? I mean, wow, just look at you. And she kind of pushes her long, straight, thick blonde hair behind her ear. And she goes, who would ever put you behind a camera instead of in front of it? So almost a little hurt. You know, I like photography. I started with this Nikon, and then he starts to babble on in technology speak about his favorite cameras for a few moments, and then catches us on. It's like, nope, I got to get on set. But it was so nice to meet you. Nice to meet you too, Ziggy. Good luck out there. And he heads off deeper into the bowels of the warehouse. Um, how can I send a message to the other two that I know who has the necklace? Who's Joseph hanging out with? Uh, he would be with me, but I can send him. Does he communicate with Ella? I can't remember. He can talk to Ella. 
he can talk to anyone. So if you can talk to him at a distance, he could be literally your secret stealth communicator. Okay. Um, I think I would put him with Aurelia in that case because, again, Maddie's making the assumption that Aurelia is the lead on this case. And she's going to say to Joseph, uh, found the target who's got the necklace. It's uh, his name is Ziggy. And then she'll give the physical description and she'll add, tell them that they'll know when they see him. All right. Joseph passes things along because he is a very good boy that way. And Aurelia, you've now been told that. And um, you also had a set number that you were able to pass along as well. So Aurelia, you have this knowledge. What are you planning on doing, knowing that Ziggy has the necklace and is going to set five? Um, I mean, I want to get into the general area, but there's probably like rooms between uh, set five and uh, the entrance. So like, I don't know, break rooms, make up, uh, whatever. Yeah. Um, so I'm simple imagination to... of the layout of the building. There is an entrance area with a little bit of an office and a break room behind the reception hidden there. Some check-in stuff for the actual employees once they've gotten through, when they go through the main entrance, a few offices, and then a couple hallways that go backwards to about eight or nine sets, a few sm other small offices and a few changing rooms. Changing rooms are almost more like locker rooms than changing rooms because they pack a lot of people into this place. They haven't quite upgraded to bigger facilities. So I'm trying to figure out where I could maybe intercept Ziggy. Easiest way is if you're moving some kind of uh, any equipment from like one of like the one or two small storage rooms to one of the sets or vice versa. Or if you head over to a set to work on a sound check or a lighting check. Yeah, I think I want to work on sound and lighting uh, checks. Uh, that gives me some opportunities maybe to like mess with either of them um, in a literal and magical sense. All right. And you're going to pass that on to Anne so you can get her to go to the right set as well? Uh, yeah, I guess so. Otherwise, it's, it's the Aurelia shelter. But... <laughs> well, it's not too hard for you guys, both of you working vaccine after all, to happen to need to pass each other. So I'm not even going to make that something more complicated than makes sense. And Aurelia, with your knowledge of forces, it's would be very silly for me to do anything other than saying, yes, you can easily turn on sensory level forces magic with all of your very simple tricks. You're at the automatic success on that kind of level of arate, and then be able to start having ideas of how and where the lighting is going places. If you want to start directly influencing roles, we'll start doing some actual dice, but you're able to be very knowledgeable very easily based on your level of training and experience alone even though it wasn't directly into the movies, which is awesome for you. And this one, you've inspired me with your comments earlier, does look like a very tastefully made bit of pleasure dungeon for this set. Yay! That make that helps. Then, uh, then Anne at least has a reason to be there and a reason to be distracted about the stuff that is going on around her that is just uncomfortably confrontational. Yep. Uh, there are already a couple other crew members just making sure that everything is clean for the day. 
you can see multiple people inspecting things to basically make sure that none of the stuff that looks like it might have a potentially sharp edge has an edge that would actually be uncomfortable on the performer's bodies. Or at least not more so than is consented to by the performer. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. There's one or two performers lazing around in for basically a bathrobe already with some coffee or something of the equivalent. They seem to be going with a theme today because the of the couple people who's already there, they look extremely muscular and sitting off on the side of their chairs are these hoods that only make you think of old European dungeons and the assumptions thereof. But at least the hoods look pretty well ventilated for them. Well, that's nice. Then they don't, they are not the gimp. But that's not something that Anne knows. <laughs> that's something that Yurin knows. <laughs> okay, so Anne is double-checking. Uh, there is probably a table in the middle and making sure that the table is bolted down in, in the right way so that it isn't going to move when people are moving around the table and doing things on top of the table, binding people to the table, double-checking the locks, that kind of stuff. All right. And as you guys are doing that, you can hear the director starting to talk to the rest of the cast. There he's saying that he's sure Ziggy will be along any minute. And be, since he is, we know that we're not going to need any fluffers on deck today. Everybody laughs this way too knowing laugh <laughs> and then a few moments later flanked by one or two people who look like they just decided that they are now Ziggy's assistants who knows what they would have been doing otherwise but one of them is like insisting here I have this drink for you I want to make sure you're well hydrated for today the other one is just trying to say to fawn over his hair and he's like it's fine it's fine and all the attention in the room has gone right over to him and there is absolutely no shyness from these co-stars who are just like checking their costumes which are already looking quite tight on them what are you guys going to do because otherwise i'm going to have to start walking you through the way a shoot is going and i haven't done a huge amount of research on how they run these shoots uh, well let's then save you from that <laughs> no where's the chaos in that i mean <laughs> well everyone involved here did monster hearts so i knew i wasn't going to get anyone blushing too easily facts Back. I mean, it will, be much, here. it will be much easier to uh, cause a scene once the scene is going. Yep, unfortunately true. <laughs> but you, can, you don't have to describe in detail. Maddie will send a message to Joseph to pass on to Aurelia since she's overhearing what's happening on the dungeon side. Like she, She's not really sure what all these gadgets do or why they're here. Like she figures it's part of like camera equipment, doesn't understand the chains and whatever. So um, she'll send a message to Aurelia that says, uh, just overheard that apparently our star for the set doesn't need a fluffer. What does that mean? Isn't that what you said I should be doing? Am I supposed to be over there? I guess Aurelia uh, answers back with, well, you're missing out, but... Uh, 
maybe don't go there. Oh, okay. I just wanted to make sure I'm not, you know, screwing anything up if I was supposed to be fluffing pillows or whatever. But okay, you've got it under control. I'll just stay on my end. Good, good. Looks like whatever is happening is about to start. So uh, you may want to be, you know, close by because I am going to look away. So out, out of character, what is the plan exactly? Are we going to have Joseph like be a mouse on the set and have people freak out and just steal the necklace in the chaos? What's well, the plan? He's got to get naked for the scene. And I'm assuming he's just going to wear the necklace. Oh, he's going to wear the necklace, but he's also wearing chaps and they might be assless. I mean, chaps are <laughs> listen. always assless. Right? So Um, he doesn't really need to get fully naked for the scene. Well, what I'm saying is that Maddie is assuming that at least the top half of his body will be unencumbered. Like it won't be in the way of just taking the necklace off his neck. Um, If one of you can get in the scene, hint, hint, nudge, nudge, Aurelia, uh, then maybe that would help. Because if you're on the dude's body, you could easily just take it off all sexy like as part of the scene. If not, Joseph is going to have to just pull a Tom Cruise and just drop in, land on him and bite the necklace open, take it and then hope that he's slippery enough that nobody can catch him. That's Maddie's idea. I mean, my plan was to mess with the lighting so that it suddenly fails. And then we have like a dark room that I don't know allows us to quickly grab the necklace in the chaos. Okay, yeah. so he, I have Joseph, so I can, Joseph can see. Yeah, we can say, combine stuff. Very, very able to break machines between forces and entropy. You have unparalleled ability to break machines. And strictly speaking, Anne with her matter can also break machines really, really well. So if you can cause the lights to malfunction, then... Joseph can see in the dark. He's a mouse. That would make things easier on him. Okay. So what we could do is I already said that Anne was going to work around the table. Maybe she left a cock or two uh, so that she can mess with the table uh, from a bit of distance. Then the lights also fail due to Aurelia. And we can even, yes, (laughs) a cog or two, not a cock or two. <laughs> uh, sorry, chat was responding to what I was saying. Um, what we can also do is do the same trick we used in the museum where we have Joseph move through an alternative dimension because I believe that was spirit. So that is something both Maddie and Anne have uh, a little bit. Like Anne has a little bit of control over it. Um, I, on top of that, I also just as a normal ability, I have stealth pretty high and I'm pretty good at stealthing through crowds. And if I know anything about a movie set, it's going to be crowded. So if we can get the necklace to me somehow, I can also just move away or help, uh, Joseph in that sense. Maddie will just kind of agree to what the other two are saying. Because, I mean, she has no clue what she's doing. She's just making sure that whatever this plan is, it does not involve her going anywhere near the action, so to speak. Like, if she has to intercept something, she'll do it. But she 
would really rather be uninvolved directly. That's why she beefed Joseph up to do the dirty deed. Right. So do you want to have Joseph move through the alternative spaces or just be a mouse? Because I I think with the with the lights killed might actually not need that level of uh stealth. Yeah, I wouldn't want to put him in the umbra unless I have to, because that in itself carries its own risks. And if he can do it in the mortal realm without issue, that would be fine. I think putting him in the umbra would just be unnecessary at this point. All right. So it sounds like we have a rough plan. They're going to start getting their scene underway. And well, Maddie, congratulations. You are getting an anatomy lesson of a sort that you didn't usually get at this point. Maddie probably has a fist in her fanny pack and she is huffing the <laughs> eucalyptus lavender mix because she didn't even know people could do that. And this is with you turning off certain parts of your drives. Yeah. Yeah. She's just nervous because she didn't know men could do those things. Mm-hmm. Apparently they can. And you're more surprised at how often they have to stop what they're doing and then start again and then stop what they're doing, and then the cameras move, and then start again. And the whole thing seems a lot more mundane and unimpressive than you would have expected. Yeah, to her, she's mostly surprised at the level of inefficiency of having to keep the camera person and the sound person moving around, and then people shifting in different positions. And then, oh, let's try this again, but with these other angles, or I don't like how you were holding your hips there. You weren't giving the right view. Yeah. It's just like, utterly baffling she definitely can't even understand why anybody would watch this not knowing what the end product is but seeing the ins and outs of it she's no pun intended she's kind of like why is this entertaining to anyone and also why do they keep spitting and then at a certain point they have ziggy handcuffed to the wall with these three giant burly torturers around him I believe you were going to try to do something around this point, you said? Uh, yes, I think I would like to use correspondence and forces, I guess it is, to make this room pitch black. Correspondence and forces could get rid of all the light in the room. Mm-hmm. And if you want to toss an entropy, you could literally just short out the electrical. Uh, yeah, I mean, that that works too. Depends on how out you want the lights to be. Yeah, I mean, I want it to be uh, kind of like a situation uh, that will last for a little bit and everyone kind of freaks out like, oh, shit, we had too many things going into one circuit breaker or something like that. Yeah, you, of course, well, uh, so forces and entropy, you short out the circuits so the room would be a good way of doing it. Let's have a difficulty seven Faraday roll for that. Quick question. My willpower is replenished, right? And my quintessence? You can spend, yes. So one point of willpower for one success. And you can spend uh, up to three points of quintessence total for you to be able to... Actually, four points for you, but only three of them to lower the difficulties. You could spend up to three points to lower the difficulty. So you could, if you wanted to, to blow all the magic at once... Drop three points of quintessence to move it to a difficulty four, and then toss in an auto success at the same time. Uh, what does a success mean in this regard? So, like if 
basically you want at least two successes, I would say, to get the circuit, like two successes would trip the circuit breakers on the room. More than two successes might cause actual real permanent damage to the electrical systems or cause like a small electrical fire to break out somewhere that would be a perfect distraction for people fleeing the building. More successes, more scale. Okay. <laughs> uh, so I definitely want to use a point of willpower. I'm going to use one point of quintessence, I guess. All right, that brings you to difficulty six. How much quintessence do I have anyways? Because I'm you not got, sure. I... You have four points on you. Uh, and I think I also want to use one of the dice from the luck pool, if that's applicable to magic rolls. It's applicable to all mundane rolls. Okay, okay, then never mind. Yeah, you guys What's... haven't even tapped your luck pools because you've been so well prepared. <laughs> What's the difficulty again? Six with one point of contestants involved. Okay. Three successes in total. Three successes. Um, that's definitely enough to do it. So Aurelia has been paying attention to the song of the moment, what she's pretty sure the soundtrack of this shoe is. And then you start humming a tune to yourself that's in utter discord with that, that if both of those two songs were playing at once would sound terrible and cacophonous to anybody present. And that throws off the nature of everything in the room enough that the lights short out. The circuit doesn't just trip with an extra success. You see a few sparks fly out of a breaker box on the side of the room as the lights go out. And there's a very bit, tiny bit of um, burning fabric and stuff nearby. You have started a very tiny fire. Panic is happening. And Maddie, which of the two of you is going to react to the distraction that was caused? Or are you just going to leave it on Joseph to try and undo a class? Because right now there's also somebody on a wall with a necklace on with a bunch of people around them. Uh, Maddie's going to stand up and try to get some attention to her and say, okay, everyone, please remain calm. Please remain calm. Uh, nobody panic. We'll figure this out. Uh can't have anybody getting hurt. If anybody could just please step away from the affected area in a clean and orderly fashion. And in her mind, she's telling Joseph to make his way towards the back of, is there a bed? <laughs> uh, he's on a wall in this case, but. Okay. So like on a, <laughs> on a cross, let's say. Sure. Um, okay. Sending Joseph that way. And you're getting a room full. You're getting attention from a room full of people. So I would say that's a charisma and leadership because you're asking them to do the right thing in an emergency. Oh, yeah, good luck with that. Okay, so charisma and leadership. You're uh, not even asking to... them to do anything hard. This is like, would it normally been a difficulty six, but with that preparation stuff, you're at the difficulty four. Okay. Ooh, okay. Three successes and two of them were tens. I don't know rerolls because you don't especially. All right, so yeah, you have the room's attention is on your way you're getting a couple people to head towards the exit because they realize that's what you do when a fire happens and then you hear um everyone who's a little closer here's uh, um, hey wait what about me from ziggy who is still chained to the wall and 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 takes that as a as a oh wait no yeah that's my job um and is going to uh, move over towards Ziggy 
if she is aware, like, we cannot see much. So she, but can I like kind of see maybe with my glasses what route, um, what route Joseph is taking? Uh, that so would that, only be a difficulty four for you to even do a sensory thing right now. So we're just gonna let you do a quick sensory thing to detect spirit because yep. Joseph's so familiar. You can see the way he's going. Look what back. difficulty? Four. Oh, yeah, you already said three successes. So, yes, I am hyper aware of where he is. You are totally aware. You can see which way he's going. You can see the glow of the necklace. Yeah. Also. So I'm going to take the different, like, I'm going to go a little bit in opposite direction so that we approach from different sides. But as I am the larger person, I, of course, drag more attention towards myself than the little mouse. So what I want to do is kind of coordinate with Joseph, because if I think about three bands that hold somebody in place, like where is he attached? Does he have a neck band on, two wristbands and two ankle bands, something like that? Something exactly like that, we'll say. And okay, so... A couple of burly guys who are around him are just like, how do you want to do this again? Oh, God. And the, the, mm, they... <laughs> Well, remember, they should know their, their safety, but yeah, oh well. He has their attention and he's distracting. Oh, of course. Yeah, makes sense. So she's trying to coordinate her moves with Joseph so that once he is around his neck, that she is working on getting the neck bend off. And she is trying to deliberately be a little bit messy, saying it is it is jamming, that kind of stuff. All right. Uh, for this one. I think the most appropriate thing is a manipulation and crafts roll because you're trying to be convincing while doing some physical stuff. Awesome. Oh, uh, difficulty yes. with this would be seven, but this could also be a chance to pull out of your luck pool if you want to. Yeah. All right. You have six dice to begin with. How many are you going to pull out of that eight dice luck pool? Pulling one out of the luck pool and spending one willpower. All right, so you got seven dice and one auto success. Yeah. Uh, it was difficulty seven. Correct. Right? Two successes. Including the willpower? No, three successes, including the willpower. That's pretty good. You're able to unfasten the necklace as you unfasten the collar and... It's like a second light got turned off in the room. The Ziggy in front of you is suddenly a lot more plain, even in this really bad little bit of flickering than he had been before. And it's very clear how much more confused and scared he is than it was possible for you to see without it. He doesn't even look like the same person almost. The men who are trying to help him also look utterly confused and baffled. And then something one was like, wait a second, that thing's actually on fire there. And then they bolt, leaving him only partially released. Yeah, Anne is going to fully release him from his bonds, uh, taking him like if he need because that was quite a strenuous position to be in, especially if you're panicking. So if she's going to let Joseph take the necklace and then try and once again move in an opposite direction from Joseph because probably is already gone by the time she has Ziggy off the cross, but trying to really support him because that is just physically really strenuous and 
this this little boy has just lost its mo their mojo and the, she doesn't blame them in in any form so yeah now it's just about the person for a little bit until she can hand hand them off to somebody that can take much better care of them awesome all right you guys will help escort everyone out of the room then sneaking that necklace into say um maddie's Fanny back actually because it got handed off to Joseph. This is pretty good. Preparation, power. Everyone is able to sneak out. And if you would like, we can fade this scene out. And basically, everyone will start escaping with their mundane means and using all of your tricks to cover up your path. Sounds good? Yep. All right. Yep. Congratulations, you guys have now much more mastered mage. You prepare everything in advance. Things work really well. Do we get our stuff? Yeah. You are you now have one necklace to deliver back to Aphrodite, which we can make a little more detail out of if people really want to do an epilogue later. I'm I'm okay doing it now if we finish in like 20 minutes or so. Right. Well, I gotta finish with the next. Five or ten, anyway. Oh, uh, I mean, it's not good unless you have a really big epilogue planned. We can just do it now, I think. No, pretty good. Um, so you guys are able to get back between multiple of you having good knowledge of the prime. You're basically able to do a lot of magic to hide the fact that magic was happening, which is good because along the way, it turns out that Freya hadn't left him a hundred percent unguarded and. You do have to dodge behind a couple Valkyries who were looking to make sure nothing weird was happening, but aren't on set at all times going for that necklace. On your way back to the East Coast, you had to deal with one of the Einerjar, one of Odin's wonderful shock troopers who'd been feasting in Valhalla for a bit and was on loan to her. And you had to hide the whole thing from a few people in suits who apparently... We're trying to make money out of this particular business, probably syndicate officers, who are able to return that necklace properly to Aphrodite to have one big favor each owned. And I'm betting that no one decided to really wear it just because it feels a little too tempting and awkward. It, Maddie would have only worn it if people started coming to you know, take them out, in which case it, she would have worn it just to see what would happen. But if nobody got in their way, she wouldn't have. Well, you did have one or two awkward moments. Um, and let's just say you didn't expect that Valkyries would want to pay that kind of attention to you. But you also had spirit magic up your sleeves. And my spirit mouse. And your spirit mouse. All right. And we'll call that the end of her singing then. Aphrodite has reclaimed her Girdle from the Norse Pantheon. And what do we get? Well, that's up to each of you to decide. You got your one favor to choose. Maddie would definitely want an enchanted athame. Another one? I thought that's what you told me I could get at the end of this one. That's what you got from the last one. I literally said this to you and you said, oh no, she could get you this athame. That's... No, you got your athame from the last one. You could get another thing from her. I mean, my hands, you can't see it, but my hands are on my hip and I'm staring at you right now. We, 
Well, we could give her the other thing that we said Aphrodite would give her, not that Maddie would ask for it. We totally could. Aphrodite can literally grant each of you your true love. We'll be true to you for as long as you love them. I can see Maddie hadn't thought about um, anything in particular because, you know, Aphrodite said she has a month to think about it. So um, they pulled the heist off way easier than she thought they would get away with it. And so she has a month to think about it. And um, it's been barely two days since Aphrodite got her girdle. And there's a knock at the door of the chantry. And when Maddie opens, there's just this mysterious gentleman on the other side. Um, And he is holding a note uh, to give her. And when she opens it, she just, you know, says, since you couldn't think of anything fast enough, here's one on me heart winky face a and there's this guy that just takes maddie's breath away i'm good with that want to find out more about the story join our discord channel the link is in the description